everyone, and welcome to this very exciting uh, session, Civilizations in Review, chatting all about the Kotna Empire, kingdom, dynasty that we'll chat about really soon. Um, just welcome all for those tuning in on Facebook. Glad you're here. Um, we also will be sharing this to our, our Instagram, our YouTube, our Spotify, and our website, so you can engage with all the phenomenal content um, that we'll dive in today. It's a really, really interesting empire, and again, I'm just so grateful to Randy Al-Ghawi, our content writer, for focusing on it, and Grace, who's calling in from Lebanon, um, who wrote Syria 101, relevant to Kopna Kingdom, to chat even more. So welcome all. It's a very interesting ancient kingdom we're going to jump into today and I will throw it to Grace to start us off and read the 101 word introduction. Take it away. Of course. Thank you, Ben, and thank you, Randy, for this awesome content about Katana. Uh, to, start, to start us off, the ancient kingdom of Katana, or Tal al-Mishrafir, is located in modern-day western Syria near Homs, an Amorite kingdom governed between the early bronze third to fourth, which is around 2600 to 2000 BCE and throughout the 14th and 15th throughout 14 and 15 BCE sorry the Arameans inhibited the kingdom of Katna while several different rulers occupied the region during that era so Katna was under the rule of the Egyptians the Hittites and the Mitanni influence and before then the Amorite autonomously governed the region the kingdom's reign was consistent through 2600 to 1300 BCE until being abandoned in the 10th century. Sources are obscure, which leaves the historical context of the kingdom of Katna forgotten. What an intro. Um, I always like to begin all these conversations with the same question. So we'll do the same today, Randy. What prompted you to choose the Katna kingdom? Yeah, well, honestly, my interest did fall on regional interest just because it's very close uh, to home and actually Tel Mishif is close to actually it governed Lebanon at one point it bordered Lebanon mostly in Syria so my interest stemmed from there and upon researching it um, and Grace was mentioning it earlier uh, but outside of Syria not many people know that it exists and if they do know it exists it's very obscure history um, there's not a lot of content on it and I think that because of that, it makes it so much more appealing to the reader. It's kind of like a, a legendary myth, like, oh, this, this civilization exists. What about it? It's very interesting to, to learn more about it and to see the history behind, I would say, a forgotten kingdom, in a sense. Yeah, fascinating. Thank you for adding to our knowledge on it. The entire reason we have the civilizations in review section is to educate global communities about these different empires, kingdoms, dynasties, caliphates, etc. So thank you for taking on Kotna, and that's great that you have some personal connection to it too. Um, Grace, if you have a, a question from all the great resource here, I'll throw it to you next. Yeah, uh, Randy, I just, um, if you could talk about some of the archaeological evidence, I know that one of the great accomplishments of this empire is that great palace uh, that was built in sort of the remains. Um, if you could talk a little bit about that, you know, over 80 rooms, I'm just interested to hear um, more, more about specifically, yeah, this, this palace and maybe what was found in there, those kind of artifacts that are, that are evidence for this forgotten kingdom that is not forgotten, but maybe not as well known. Yeah, interesting enough, the excavation sites 
when I was looking up evidence, mainly spoke about the royal palace because, as you noted, there's eight rooms on just one level. And what's interesting, that's kind of like an MTV crib tour. And just one level, 80, 80 rooms. So even when it got destroyed, there's a lot of evidence about the, the kingdom that a lot of people were able to dig up. Mostly it was a lot of sculptures, religious sculptures. Um, they had multiple gods and multiple figurines. Uh, and it's interesting because most of the data didn't come from any of the Qatma sources because the, the scriptures were from other empires that lasted or their evidence lasted longer. But that palace was just so big that it could not be destroyed completely. And, and that was one of their, their biggest feats because if you really think about it, that palace alone, even though aesthetically they were probably doing it because of the royalty and whatnot, it left a mark in history. Without that palace, there would have been lack of evidence. There wouldn't have been a lot of uh, people digging up evidence, people even knowing that, okay, what, what was this for? Was it linked to? And even today, I mean, unfortunately, during the, the Syrian civil war, they stopped the excavation sites. That's the last I saw. I don't know if they continued um, now more recently, but there's probably a, a lot of more evidence there that they could dig up in the future and tell us more about it. But as of, as of now, the, the Royal Palace is something that I think preserved a lot of history of Qatna. It's very interesting that they used it as an excavation site and were able to dig up some information. That is incredibly fascinating. And, and the, the main image of Qatna is some of the excavations from that Royal Palace. It's like a, a portal, a, a, no, port, a, what's the thingy where you, where you grind it? Uh, food and stuff? Pestle, pestle and mortar. That's uh, mortar and pestle, and yeah. yeah. I was mixing all of them into one mega word. Thank you. That That is the main image of Katna that was found at this palace. Um, I'm not going to say it again because I've already forgotten how to, the proper way of using the words, but check it out. Check that image. It was excavated at this place. And, and I think, I mean, especially these, you know, 3000 BCE and earlier mm -hmm. uh, empires, this is really the best way we know about them is, is the legacy of things they left behind. Um, so, I mean, I, I know this is a similar question to Grace, but like, just tell us more about the what they have excavated, how have they connected to the Qatna kingdom at large, you know, just all your information in relation to uh, this archeology. span You said it was more connected uh, question to- Well, I mean, you know, just like, just, just tell us even more about the excavation process, you know, the, the archeological findings, just, I, yes. I think, especially for the super old uh, and ancient empires here, this is the coolest and only way we really know about some of these places and so, I want yeah, you to so, can speak more to it. So it, in fact, um, one of the, the cool things about uh, Katna is it was on a hill and that's what Tel, Tel means, it's a hill. So in fact, even when the, the remnants of the royal palace collapsed, that hill kind of preserved a lot of the history. And, and interestingly enough, the land was, was very fertile. And because of that, we learned, and we learned through more from, not from the excavation sites, but more from, from texts of different empires, that it was a very sought out ally because of just how much of uh, resources it has. It, it literally was in uh, the Palmyra oasis. So while other empires had drought, it was able to sustain a lot of crops and trade with, with other um, empires. And there was some evidence from the excavation of letters. I know that they had um, a letter of one of the, the kings of Qatna, and he was able to, his name was, was Samshi Ada, he was able to communicate with Mari, a political ally, 
and they showed like the connection about what they were sending. Like he was sending um, one of the king's horses and trading, and it was just interesting just to see the dynamic between the two kings and how everything was set up. And then there was also evidence of when Shamsi Adab passed away and his son took over. Um, that's kind of the decline of the, the, the kingdom because the son's political alliance with Mari was, was suffered from that, from, because his dad had a very good relationship with the king Mari, but then when the son came and it was, it kind of was scrambled, everything fell apart from there. And that reliance and alliance kept different people from attacking it. And that was the downfall. Um, but yeah, uh, the excavation site, I, I would say um, the process was very simple. I mean, a lot of the, the excavation sites I was looking up and the, the text were in Arabic because a lot of Syrians to preserve their history and they're just very proud of, of their land and the history it holds, were going to such sites and gathering a lot of information, especially on, on something that they knew, they knew that this was attacked and destroyed, this, this kingdom. So they're like, there has to be information here. There has to be um, sites where we can dig up and preserve some history. And that's where it, where it started. I think in preserving the history. In fact, one of the um, research papers was published from Damascus University. So they send an excavation team specifically to do research and publish it for the university to preserve that history. So I think that's where it came from, um, mostly preserving the history on the excavation site. Fascinating. Thank you for sharing more. I, I, I think the super old ancient kingdoms that we have at Al Fusaic, as you have so eloquently stated, survived because of those who have excavated it. Um, so. Yeah to help you know, educate and, and share what this influential kingdom did for gosh, the 600 years it existed, <laughs> BCE, um, was uh, really influential. So thank you for sharing. Uh, Grace, anything else that popped up and interesting to you when you read through it all? Yeah, and um, actually just from something you said, Randy, uh, and I know that you have limited space in the Civilizations 101 article. Um, there's so much information, like you said, that uh, has been performed on the excavation site, and especially in Syria, about this area. You mentioned that there were, uh, uh, figures to multiple gods. Can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the religion, uh, practiced in, during this, this kingdom when it, um, in its, in its highest points, um, or really yeah. just when, before it fell, um, I'm just really interested to, to hear. Of course. Yeah. So because, there was limited information on the gods they worship. One thing they did acknowledge based on the research was a lot of the influence came from Mesopotamian gods and influence. So they had a very tight connection with, with culturally speaking and religiously speaking with uh, different kingdoms within the region. Them themselves um, didn't establish their own religion. In fact, that was kind of in the research, one of the, the weaker things I found, like something that culturally they did or something that, that stood out to their uh, kingdom different than others because it was very similar to the surrounding area. Um, so there wasn't really anything significant in that, that department. Um, so yeah, religiously speaking, I would say their influence came from Mesopotamian gods and there's just many, many gods. So um, that was one thing that, that I just saw a, fig, a figurine, one of the excavations that had a figurine of it looked like a, a, 
female goddess and it looked like a female goddess of, of life. Um, but other than that, there's not much I can speak about that because I found limited evidence in that department. Fascinating. Uh, I, I like hearing the, uh, what does the day-to-day -day life look like in these ancient empires and the best that you could find out uh, given that it was, gosh, 4,000 years ago. <laughs> so that's, that's helpful, thank you. Um, I, I'm really interested, as you sort of mentioned, the strategic like, trading piece of the Khatna Kingdom um, and you know the, the several uh, allies and potentially rivals that this, this kingdom have. Can you talk a little bit more about the other uh, kingdoms and empires that surrounded the Khatna community? Yeah, um, the Assyrian Empire was, was one of the biggest one. And, and obviously th this one was, was interesting too, but the Egyptian um, kingdom also had influence in Khatna because around over the course of years, many of these kingdoms occupied it at one point. And what, although it wasn't like subjugating them, it was like, okay, we're, we're in power now, you do things through us. And it was kind of um, like they had their influence, but then they knew who's, who's in charge. So the Assyrian Empire and, and the connection to Mara was actually their downfall because when they lost power, the Hittites found an opportunity to attack and because they were very jealous. And in fact, that, this was interesting. They're actually just very envious of Katna. They end up sacking it. And it was sacked and destroyed initially in 30, uh, 1340 BC, but then it wasn't abandoned until 720 BC because the remnants of Katna stayed, but most people had really like, there, there's no more kingdom then. So it was, it was just kind of sad to see really um, something that once had political influence and out of the other kingdoms, it, it, it was an area where even though kingdoms couldn't pr uh, produce any crops, they relied on Katna for that. And when it was destroyed, instead of being taken, you know, as, as its own city, it was destroyed completely even though it was a strategic position and other kingdoms could have benefited from taking over. So yeah, mostly the, the trade I would say came from um, their ability to grow in, in an area where was, was, you know, um, had drought and susceptible to not being able to grow crops year round. And with that being said, once they established a relationship, um, it, it was, very a very essential point in their history to stay relevant for so for so many years really compared to other kingdoms that were sacked and destroyed they're able to be in the middle of literally multiple big large kingdoms and stay and sustain themselves for a long time just because of their local alliances to different kingdoms and Assyria was a big one that was the one that they were able to trade with and negotiate with um in fact um at one point the Assyrian king and the king of Katna were cousins. Both they're both uh, Samshi Ada and Ishki Ada, and they're both cousins. So it was it was interesting. They had like a familial tie too, not just a political tie. Really interesting. It seems like you know almost the the strongest points of this kingdom also ended up kind of being the reasons for its downfall. You know, like you said the surrounding kingdoms envied its power um and then interest really interesting about how the land you know so so fertile and good for growing um and it was sacked and destroyed rather than just used for a new kingdom um could you do you uh i know you mentioned uh previously about the king writing letters um you know to to a different 
dynasty and there's there's some evidence about this civilization through that um are there any other facts or you know interesting stories you can share maybe about some of the ruling families uh you know through the the 600 years that this kingdom existed yeah i mean evidence was lacking there but one thing i did mention is this once um Ishkiada passed away and his son ruled one letter showed kind of the shift in in, in alliance because he sent a letter to one of the Assyrian kings and it was the, the the research noted that it was disrespectful like it was a tone that was scornful in a sense that kind of just obliterated anything that that they had in terms of relation and it wasn't like disrespectful in in, in a sense that was like oh man like he just used some some vile language it was just kind of like he was a he was a young young man so it's kind of like this young man is sending a letter to a king he just doesn't know how to rule necessarily because he still has a mindset of a young man and it was just interesting to read that because i i thought that that you know part of history you can kind of compare it to day-to-day life because sometimes people say like, when they have kids oh my teenager is giving me a lot of trouble so that's what i pictured it as as he's transitioning to become a king he went from just being a regular son of a king just doing whatever he does on a daily basis to ruling a whole kingdom so how from going from day one to the next like that there's a lot of burden on your shoulder but also you're still a kid at the end of the day i would say that's interesting that they could tell in ancient language the like tone that it was rude that's so fascinating yeah do you know more about that specific letter and exchange I, i'm so interested in how they deciphered not only what it meant but that it also was like a pompous kid right i don't know that, that's so interesting to me I don't know more about the letter only from, from that point, because actually my, my aunt and I were, were discussing it and we thought it was kind of, uh, you know, funny in a sense that you could see that they had a strong relationship. And like I said, a familial tie, and then it just evaporated just from that. And that letter kind of shows the downfall. Other than that, there's lack of evidence on that, the, uh, on that end, because, you know, the, the archives of Atna were destroyed, um, but also like Mari, Mari was also sacked. Uh, I'm not sure if destroyed, but it was sacked in Assyria. I'm not sure about that too, but there is lack of evidence. So some of the, the texts that were archived, they're fortunate enough to, to get some related to Katna. That's so fascinating. Um, my goodness, I just thank you for, for compiling all of these, these sources and making this digestible. Um, I know there's maybe much more you could have written. Maybe this was the exact word limit, <laughs> given how much little there is out there. Um, I'm curious about the Al-Mishrafiya piece of it. I mean, I know Tal means hill, but yeah. it's called Katna or Tal Al-Mishrafiya. Do you know more about the second name? So I did ask my father just because I want to see what Al-Mishrafiya means. And for, he told me, and I, I'm not sure how accurate this is. He says it's an overlook. So I, he's translating from Arabic, but... I'm not entirely sure, but when he told me that Tel is like the hill, right. so it's like an overlooking hill, which which I, I would, would make sense, but I'm just not entirely sure because I tried I tried myself look, looking it up and I was not very fortunate. So we may leave that to someone else to kind of decipher it, but that's what, what he told me. And I, I thought it was interesting just because um, the, the whole thing with naming cities over Tel is very, very, you see like 
in, in Arabic culture, like it's very uh, prevalent. And every, like, for example, um, I'm from an area called Shwaifid, which comes from, from a word in Fasqa, which means hill. So Shwaifid means many hills. And so, so Tel is another word for hill. So it just shows you the significance of using uh, the hill. So that, and and yeah, that's something that I kind of have to do more research on. I couldn't find the, the meaning. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, any other final pieces, Grace, as, as we wrap up that uh, you want to ask Randy about? Yeah, I mean, I I just have uh, before you know maybe the last uh, you know piece of information that you really want to, to the audience to stay with before that question. Um, I wanted to ask because we talked about how you know it's been forgotten. Maybe a lot of the modern or influence on modern society can't be seen, but. Uh, what influence do you think that this empire had on maybe the ones that came right after it because it was sacked rather than, um, you know, sacked and destroyed rather than just taken immediately into a new, uh, a new kingdom, maybe just influence that it had uh, in particular on the empires or kingdoms surrounding? Um, what, what do you think that this one brought uh, specifically or especially? What? I believe it brought even before it became a kingdom was the, the group of individuals that left Mesopotamia, a bigger kingdom to make a smaller kingdom and have it grow. I think it was a sign to whoever, um, that's why they, they abandoned it. Whoever was trying to form a kingdom or a civilization to kind of know that they could still survive and try to find different ways and means to survive. And I feel that Katma is a perfect example of it because like once it got destroyed and sacked, they abandoned, they didn't stay to revive it. They abandoned because their mindset was probably like, we, we've done this once, we can do it again. Um, and I feel like the, the growth of influence came from that mindset to survive. Um, another thing is, I believe that if they played their tools right, I mean, I didn't track them after the fall of the kingdom. They played their tools right and they're able to grow and, and have connections politically speaking. I think they would be able to replicate that or at least advise some ruling uh, classes and kingdoms and how to form these political alliances and how to how to grow and trade. That's one thing that I got out of it personally. Incredible. Yeah, I, I can I can see the I mean every single empire you have just mentioned is also in our civilizations in review section. And so you there there you can sort of track this history um, of the Kutna was around all these other empires, and then the yeah. ones that came immediately after, also in Syria, maybe probably was a legacy of the Kutna. So that's, that's, that's cool. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, my, my last question is, you know, again, there is so much more here. Please go to the website, check it out. Civilizations in Review in the alfusaic.net, our website. Um, I'm, I'm super interested. Um, again, I know it's really hard because not only were the excavation sites all closed in 2011 and this empire was 4,000 years ago, but if there's sort of any other modern day components that that you maybe can see today. I mean, this maybe is a stretch, but I'm, I'm going to ask it no matter what. If you know of any, I I personally was not able to find anything, and and because it was destroyed and abandoned, it was it was hard to find something. Um, but one thing I I did learn is that a lot of Syrian archives in Arabic have preserved its history. I mean, the influence I think from a historical point of view especially to a Syrian nationalist, is, is they're proud of, of that history. 
So it's not forgotten domestically. And, and I think that was one giveaway I took. Although it doesn't have a structure, it doesn't have like something physically there besides, the, uh, you know, excavation sites that have historical components uh, on, on, on that regard, um, different artifacts. But historically speaking, I believe that it left the mark um, for Syria. And Syria is rich with, with history and, and culture. So it's, it's no surprise that there's in Syrian archives, there's a lot of information on Qatman. That's, that's as far as what I saw. I mean, I, I personally was really not able to find a modern influence. And it was because it was a smaller kingdom compared to the larger kingdoms surrounding it. So it was kind of overshadowed in that regard, um, on top of the fact of being completely destroyed and abandoned. So, What a beautiful sentiment to end on, um, <laughs> that the Syrian archives have dedicated and preserved it incredibly well. And that's something to, to cherish and hold on to. That's, I think, where we're going to end. I think that's a nice stopping point. Again, thank you so much, Randy, for, for compiling all this information, doing some translation work. Um, you know, these smaller, less well-known, you know, kingdoms and dynasties are a little bit harder to, to compile and to have showcases so beautifully and um, share this knowledge information. Um, I mean, I think you're now one of the top global Katna experts, so welcome. <laughs> uh, if you want to give yourself that title or not, I will give it to you. Um, but regardless, uh, grateful that uh, you have compiled it. Thank you, Grace, for, for um, your Thank connections. You. Again, you wrote Syria 101, so parts of Syria 101 were very much influenced in some way by Katna, and so I love to see that connection over, over history and time. Um, and thank you all to our listeners for engaging with this, watching, listening, hopefully reading and, and deepening your knowledge on the Katna and all the other incredible empires we have in our section. That's it for us. Have a wonderful evening. Go check us out at alfusaic.net. That's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C dot N-E-T. Have a good evening. Thanks again. Thank you.